Animal Fire Radio. This episode's brought to you by Notorious Fire Company. Firefighter owned and operated Notorious Fire Company manufactures and creates quirky and unique items for the fire service. Whether it's your stainless steel water bottles, tumblers, four-in-one koozies, you can decorate your emotional support water bottle with more than 100 different designs they offer so very much. From apparel to swag to stickers, they got you covered. Check them out at NotoriousFire.com. That's N-O-T-O-R-I-O-U-S, NotoriousFire.com. And check them out on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at NotoriousFire. And this month with the podcast, if you use coupon code Fire Radio June 2023, that is Fire Radio June 2023, you'll get free shipping on all orders within the U.S. So check them out, NotoriousFire.com. Lenny and the crew, they're making great stuff. And I have to tell you, with the summer upon us, the sticker packs are out of control. You got everything from Star Wars to pinups and everything in between. Slap them on your beer fridges, your coolers, and your tumblers and celebrate the summer in style with Notorious Fire. A good supporter and longtime friend. We're happy to have him on the podcast with us. Check him out, NotoriousFire.com and coupon code FIREADIOJUNE2023 for free shipping all across the U.S. This episode's brought to you by Box Alarm Grills. When your apparatus arrives on scene, are you making the best showing? Looking to set your rig apart from everyone else? Want your engine, truck, or rescue to be easily identifiable? There is a solution. With large aluminum grill numbers and full-width rear mud flaps from Box Alarm Grills. Formed by Danny and a team of fellow firefighters, Box Alarm Grills gets it. They know what it means to show pride in your ride, delivering the quality construction and design that fire departments demand. That's why their grill numbers and mud flaps grab attention, enhance visibility, and make your fleet recognizable on scene while responding or just driving around town. Built in the USA by a family-owned business, Box Alarm Grills is quickly becoming the choice of fire companies, apparatus planners, and fire truck manufacturers with out-of-the-box or custom solutions. Check out functional, durable grill numbers and mud flaps from Box Alarm Grills today at BoxAlarmGrills.com and on Facebook and Instagram. And like Danny and his crew like to say, add pride to your ride. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 22 of the Size Up by National Fire Radio. As always, I'm your host, Pip, and this is a very special episode for a a lot of reasons. Uh, The number one reason is this episode is being sponsored by my good friends at Modus Fire Rescue. They are just innovating products left and right, whether it be forcible entry tools, bags, Uh, There may be some fitness products in the works from them and maybe even some crossover uh, fitness products that do fitness and tactical, tactical, I'm making air quotes for those of you listening type things um, that you can do in the fire service or really all emergency services. And I think what makes it so cool and the fact that they sponsored this episode is I also met my guest through Modus Fire Rescue. Um, This is not the Size Up's first international guest, but this is definitely the first guest on the Size Up. And I want to go out and say from National Fire Radio, probably too, who is located in an amazing country that, again, in the way this world works, folks, I happened to book a trip to about a week and a half before I even met the folks from MODIS, um, Iceland. So my good firefighter friend and my new best friend and hopefully Iceland tour guide when I'm there in November, Omar, welcome to the Size Up, man. How are you today? Thank you. I'm great. How are awesome. you? Omar was featured, if you go on Modus Fire Rescue, if you search them up on YouTube, they have a bit of a Modus Fire TV and they did an amazing 10-minute uh, episode of their show uh, that featured Omar and it really piqued my interest because of his story. So Omar, can you just let everybody in a little bit about yourself, you know, what you do and and we'll kind of go from there, I guess. Okay. Um, first off, thanks for uh talk meeting meeting me up here because uh the video with Modus wasn't really uh my idea because I I was hosting a uh making a contest. We'll talk a little about that. 
and I couldn't find anyone who was willing to do the video. So I ended up uh, hosting my, uh, like they ended up like asking if I had a story. <laughs> so uh, uh, I'm a 43 year old firefighter and EMT in Iceland. I have three boys, age four, seven, and 10, and a dog. And don't forget uh, the dog, man. And a wife. Yeah. Don't forget the dog. Wife. That would wife, be really yeah. bad if you forgot her. I thought I started with that. So, yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> um, all right, man. But, I have a wife too. Uh, and sometimes yeah, yeah, it's true. So. Okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And, and um, uh, most mostly what I do now is uh, just work and, and time with the family. But I have, in the past, I've been doing a lot of different things. Um, I was teaching, uh, training CrossFit and teaching CrossFit and uh lifting i had some companies importing supplements i did like music events i was a dj uh there's like a lot of stuff but today i'm i would uh describe myself just of like not just just i am a father and a firefighter in amt that's mostly what i do <laughs> I, I was wondering too and in watching your video you know you it seemed like you you started your career a little later in life i think you said in the video yeah 35 yeah. 35 yeah so that that yeah. so here in new jersey that is our age limit uh to take the test you could actually start a little bit older than that if you have military time or, or things mm -hmm. like that um but you know i was a little fortunate er i guess i started at 25 so i mm -hmm. uh, you know and it's not what i'm learning now uh, that I will be 45 this year is, is fire. My firefighting is definitely a young man's game. Yeah, it is. But I think if, if I would have started like at 20, I would have thought like at 25, six, there's something else I must try and or do. So I I think maybe I, I should have started like right, maybe around 28 or nine. Then I was starting to think that what I learned, which was uh, I'm an electronic technician. Okay. So I was in like repairing and, and, set up and everything in in different uh like uh different jobs but at that point i was like i didn't feel that fitted me and i i realized that uh i probably don't have to work my whole career with what i decided to study when i was 15 year old <laughs> so <laughs> so maybe maybe i was i had to push myself out of that that rut we're definitely, I, I, seeing, we're definitely seeing that here in America, in the fire service, mm -hmm. where more people who are, I don't want to call them older, but let's say in their early 30s or late 20s, early 30s are deciding to join the fire service like you did, mm -hmm. because maybe they're saying the same thing that, you know, just because I decided in high school, I wanted to go this path. It's mm -hmm. not really for me, or they've tried a lot of things and that leads them to the fire service. Um, do you yeah, feel yeah. Like maybe a little bit how you ended up here? Uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, I didn't really consider firefighting because nobody is a firefighter or AMT in my family. So it wasn't really in the radar, radar. but uh, if I would have thought of it earlier, I would have applied earlier. Either in, either in we don't have a military in Iceland. Uh, we have uh, police and they just, uh, I don't, they don't carry guns. They have guns, which they have to, get permission to access if there's something special going on but usually they don't carry a weapon uh but we are like in in uh nato so we don't have any military or anything like that but um uh i don't i forgot the original question but i think uh the parts of being a firefighter i i decided when i was 35 i was at a crossroads where i was uh had been training crossfit for three years and um I had to change paths, so I it was. Um, uh, I realized that uh, I have to find the work, which is uh, something I would do if I had like lots of money in the bank, and I would do it anyways. So, of all the jobs that I could apply for here, it was the fire department, not the police or coast guard, which would uh, be in the in the range as well. Um, but um, there's something. I don't know. It, it depends on how, how you think it. So, some people go into the firefighting because they think it's cool or whatever. But for me, it's more like uh, using my uh, experience and my knowledge and my interests for something better than like for something um, for others, you know, to be uh, useful in the community. Yeah. And, and you said that too, in your video, because I have it written down in my notes from it too, about that, that usefulness. And mm -hmm. I never really 
I don't guess I've never really used that word to describe what it is that, that we do for our community, but I think that's mm -hmm. the best because we are useful for our community. I mean, they call us for an, an, a really or whatever, whatever, right? Okay. You're still yeah. thing. like my, I mean, my yeah, toilet I mean, you, is you, running and there's a cat in my wall. There's, you yeah. know, I mean, they call the fire department, you show up and you are him. There's nobody you call except maybe to tear down the building or, or clear the road or something, but you are it. So you have to figure out solutions. And that's kind of probably the way uh, uh, like I was in uh, like electronic technicians and I did some uh, sport events and music events. And it's always like you have to uh, figure out the problem. And when you're, you're a problem solver, I think this kind of job is very suitable because you're always in a different situation, both in the ambulance and the fire service. You show up somewhere and you have to just figure out what to do. If, even if it's to uh, transport a patient that can't move like down some tight stairs or whatever, or or you need to um, uh, like you have to think quickly, but you can't hurry up, you know, in all the yeah, all the great way to put it, right? We have to yeah, think no. very quickly, but we can't go fast all the time. Yeah, you can't hurry up, you know, you have to uh, you have to be cool, calm, collective, and then you have to be decisive at the same time. So it's it's uh, something you have to. Um, I mean, you you get you you get yeah. Uh, you are um, like the people you surround yourself with the most. Um, but uh, so you have to if if you're not growing like you want to, you have to put yourself in a place where there are people you want to look like. <laughs> yeah, you, no, and that's a great part of the fire service, right? When you're, you're trying to do that and you do have yeah. a lot of like-minded people because unlike other jobs where, you know, it's very individualized, we do everything kind of together. And mm -hmm. what you see over time in the, in the emergency services is that when you try to do something on your own, it generally doesn't work. But when the mm -hmm. team does everything together, you're able to move forward, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. Uh, you also have to um, you have to worry about because in the fire department there is like all different kind of people, and many of them are complacent and they they don't want to grow and and they uh, complain if there's uh, changes and everything, and everything's somebody else's fault, and you know it's the same for like uh, it's the same. In, in Iceland over. in Iceland a place where the police don't carry guns and you don't have a military and you mm -hmm. said this in the modus video but you still have firefighters that are complacent and don't like change it's not just a unique American problem is is what uh, you're talking that, that that's I mean the, the fire service in, in uh, Europe and America is very different in many ways but you get the same type of characters wherever you go. <laughs> so you get the hardest, hardest people who want like the challenges and everything. But if if uh, if 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 the if the team doesn't push you, those people will eventually go do something else. So if 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 you feel like you get complacent in a like um, work like fire department, uh, it's it, I mean there's always three things you can do. You can either um, change the way things are. Uh, which is which can be either to fix something that's wrong or or suggest something that could be better so you can always do three things you can change things you can um, accept the way they are if you if you're not able to change them or you can just leave and there's many people that that uh, don't try to change things they uh, can't accept the things they are and they don't leave they just complain and that's not the people you want to have and it's it's kind of hard to get fired from from the fire department so you have some people that are there for 20 years that maybe they should have go <laughs> gone, <laughs> done something have else someone really early you should have yeah this was not for yeah me. but it, then there are people me. yeah then there are people that uh want to change things and they do change things and they usually climb up the ladder pretty quickly and come off i don't know what ranks you have there officers or whatever uh it's uh so they get to climb up the stairs and and uh, if you show uh, initiative and and you can you show you can take responsibility, you get more projects because you're able to take them. There's a there's a quote I I forgot what I heard is if you want something done, ask a busy person. So, <laughs> so if, if, if that one before, yeah, as if you're that busy person in in the team and you're always suggesting things for changes, uh, of course not all ideas get moved forward. And if you get hit 
hit walls and sometimes you see that okay this idea maybe doesn't fit but at least you're trying to move it forward then sometimes you can get someone else to do it or you can see that okay this is not going to change and i'm going to accept that and if you accept the things that are wrong that are probably not going to change or they're not up to you or you can like you can ignore them without affecting your job then then just do what you can accept the rest and, and keep on I mean, it's a great attitude to have, right? Because when we, we talk about change, what we talk about is people always want like grand change. And because you've, you've done CrossFit and you're in the fitness, you know, something that I've been a huge part of here in the States, um, mm -hmm. people want change with fitness. Like I want a fitness program and a gym in every firehouse and yeah. I want to have to work out two hours a yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. And I want this and I want this yeah. person to come in. And, I, and, and I'm like, well, yeah. and they want, this. and also they want that pill you can take and, and they want the pill. Hit, that's going right? to, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The pill. <laughs> it's just going to change you like that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think you even see, I want to talk about consistency, but now we're on change, but that same thing with change where you're like, I want this change in the fire service. I want this. I want that. You have to start small. Right. And the smallest yeah. change you can do is starts with you, of course, obviously, but to create that and you have to celebrate that small change. And like for fitness, it's kind of something you said with consistency when you were coaching, you know, people come in and they want, I want, uh, uh, well, you use kilos, right? You use kilos or pounds, kilos, yeah, right? kilos. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. you know, like I, I want 150 kilo snatch. And I'm like, mm -hmm, well, mm -hmm. why don't you just learn to snatch the barbell first? And you said in, yeah. in your modus video, you know, just show up three days a week. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. If you can get that consistency, you're doing great. And I've yeah. had so many people approach me online. I, I want to run a 5K. Mm -hmm. I always give them this challenge. And it's funny. It's a, a buddy of mine who hosted a podcast called the, the Big Red Express. He ran one mile a day for 30 days. And he actually started walking it. And then he started running. And I give people that challenge all the time. And by about day eight, they're like, this is amazing. I'm going to start doing burpees while I run. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not mm -hmm, the point. Mm -hmm. The point is yeah. a mile a day. Yeah. 30 days in a row. That's all yeah. you have to do. And James Clear, Atomic Habits. Read it yep. if you haven't. Which one is it? Atomic Habits after James Clear. Okay. It's, it's a book that everybody must read. <laughs> it's exactly what you're saying. It's just small habits you can do consistently and don't overreach in the first step. And, and, and that's I'll... change in the fire service, right? You can't say like, we're going to, Go to yeah. this crazy thing way, way, way over here without taking mm -hmm. the first steps to get there, right? It would not be good to change the fire service like like completely. It has to it has to progress slowly and you have to understand that. And it's going to take time and you have to be patient with a lot of stuff. But uh, it's going to, I mean, now right now we are changing the like way we work, the shifts, because uh, in Europe, they're trying... Uh, like shortening the work week okay and and in some kind of hard to do for us <laughs> i know it, it <laughs> you have to be there yeah, all the a, time we can't yeah we can't make less time i know it's a, it's a huge change but um some countries like norway or and sweden i think other uh, scandinavian countries they uh, uh signed this like uh deal with uh, i don't know european union something thing uh where they uh excluded a few few services including fire services uh where they don't have to uh, uh apply to this uh shortening of work week thing okay. so they they can actually work like 24 hour shifts or 48 hour shifts or 12 hour shifts like we did but now they they screwed it all up and and they are yeah. trying to implement this uh new system which is way more complicated and it changes the way they calculate salaries we had to change from four shifts to five shifts and we're working all different time of time of uh, different kinds of shifts, and it's it's it has a lot of problems, and there are a lot of people who are not accepting it. And the way they implemented it was probably not the best way to implement it. Although I don't know what would be a better solution, but it did didn't create like uh, more satisfaction. And we see people. Uh, are getting more tired with this uh, setup and are ch changing careers or, or thinking about it, which is a pity because I think, uh, like, like you said, we are, we can't like, can't do it. Yeah. You can't not be there. You know, we work, I'm really fortunate uh, where I work here in New Jersey. We work, we have a four platoon system. 
Mm-hmm. And we work 24 hours on, 72 hours off. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds there, good. It's really good. We've always been, uh, so in the late 60s, we went from three platoons to four platoons. Mm. And we used to work, when I got hired, we worked like a 10s and 14 schedule. So 10-hour days, 14-hour nights. Um, which was good, but we now switched and, and made it a little more streamlined to the, the 2472. Um, but that's not the most popular shift in the United States fire service. More people work uh, 24 hours on, 48 hours off. And yeah. and as we learn, and as you know, you know, sleep is such an important part of our lives, of our health, our wellness, our recovery. And mm-hmm. the folks that are working the 2448 schedule are just never getting a restful night's sleep, where at least on the 2472, I have that extra night at home that's allowing mm-hmm. me to, to hopefully get a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. How is that kind of affecting your schedule? Because it's, it's um, crazy. It sounds so, like you're going to. Yeah, it was, you know, we have, um, we, we, we have the ambulance service as well. Okay. And that's, that's probably 90% of the work. So it's hard to keep up with uh, the standards for for uh, education and and like uh, like like the team for for firefighting. But when the fire uh, fire comes up and those events are, it's it's very challenging to. Uh, sometimes everybody's out on an ambulance call when the big fire comes, okay. and that's that can be really serious. We had a huge fire in uh, in a building with which was illegal like for um, like there was a building that was changed for like uh, immigrants or workers or something. Okay. There was a lot of people in a, in a, in a one building. It was, it was not accepted. Like it, so they had, you would call that like a change of occupancy, but it was an illegal change of occupancy probably where they had too many people. Yeah. In the spot, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like greedy owner. Yep. For like, sure. Change. So, so uh, call them there was a slumlord. Yeah. And there were, there was actually, it was like today everything's on video you're always on video a hundred percent listen to that kids boys and girls you are always on video yeah you're always on video yeah so it was recorded like uh like on phones and everything and the and the response time was was uh, a little bit slower than it should have been uh and the guy who showed up uh the, the the captain he was the only one with experience on the on the fire truck and he had two like new guys with him so he eventually put on his scuba and, and went in himself with two unexperienced firefighters outside. And one, uh, like some somebody in the house, jumped from the window and fell down. And an ambulance with uh, two new employees as well was close by. So they had to start uh, resuscitation. Yeah. Resuscitation. And uh, so it was kind of chaotic for a little bit because everybody was out on the ambulance and, and there was, it was, it was really bad, so we're always pressing for with uh, with all the focus on 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 uh, fulfilling the ambulance service, which is of course very important. Um, they don't have uh, enough staff on the stations. We have four stations in the capital area, okay, uh, like spread out, and and the response time in the in the contract with uh, with uh, uh, these towns and and the city. Uh, it's uh, that we should be with, I think, six or seven minutes with uh, about ambulance, seven. about like maybe eight, nine minutes with uh, fire truck or whatever. But uh, yeah, we, we don't we can't secure that with uh, all the focus on ambulances. And then we have a lot of new employees to fill the gaps. It's it's kind of a tough situation right now. And uh, it might be like rough for a few years but it always takes time to get over a hurdle like that now are you so everyone does everything so you're a firefighter and an emt you have to ride on the ambulance you have to work on the fire Mm -hmm. apparatus correct yeah 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 but when when you're 50 plus you can you can like you can uh what's what's it called? you can like just skip the ambulance okay so uh, so when you're over 50 years old or yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But you, you you're always no. There's always an ambulance at the station, so okay. uh, you go out like in emergencies, but you don't do like the transports and everything. That's an interesting. Uh, your your years of your years of age mean you don't have to do that part of the job anymore. Like we we so uh, so my department here we don't run an ambulance. We run first responder EMS. Uh, so mm-hmm. we are all EMTs. 
uh, we have equipment and we basically yeah. show up and say, wait for the ambulance and do what we can, you know, with bandages and oxygen, a defibrillator. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And the ambulance is coming is, is a very uh, good line that we use. It, it's coming. They're coming. We'll <laughs> help you until they get here. We can't, I can't do anything. I don't have an ambulance. Um, we have a, a third service for it, um, which, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it depends on how your system works because no, we're not, we could have engines on ambulance calls and mm -hmm. a fire comes in. But we mm -hmm. also try not to stretch ourselves that thin so we still have apparatus for a fire if that was to come in. Yeah, um, yeah. And it sounds like, you know, you guys are just stretched so thin, but how big of an area do you cover? Like, I know you're in the capital region because that's where I'm going on vacation in yeah. Reykjavik, right? Did okay, I yeah, yeah. First, I'll tell you, like, uh, I think 85, almost 90% of Icelanders live in the capital area. So you would oh, think, oh, that's okay. a lot of people, but it's not. <laughs> There are 300, uh, 360 or 70,000 people in the whole of Iceland, I think. So, like, that's Manhattan, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, probably. It's, it's right yeah. in there somewhere. Like Yeah, that. but okay. it's spread out. It's not tall buildings. It's gotcha. spread out. But, gotcha. but yeah, it's we're not met that many, you know. And I think 10% of Icelanders are uh, foreign, foreign, like, people that move here. Okay. Um, So, we're not that many. It's uh, 280,000, I think, in the capital area. So happens, here's a better question or a different question. What happens in the outlying areas with the fire service? Do they, is it all this, like, is it one country service or do they have their own services mm -hmm. out there? It, it's always the, like the area, it's either towns or like parts of the country that ha have the fire service. Okay. Like county or something. Okay. Um. So uh, there are like just three professional, no, th four professional firefighting like teams in Iceland is one with the uh, aluminum company in the East Iceland, one in Akureyri, which is the biggest town in North Iceland, then uh, near Keflavik airport uh, in Reykjanes, and then it's in Reykjavik capital area. Other are like volunteer firefighter teams. Okay. So many of them are either uh, just working at the hospital hospital and do ambulances or are in the uh, uh, volunteer rescue service and also firefighter and just whatever mix they're, they're off. But um, yeah, the capital area is the, is the biggest in all all areas. So we have like four stations with different equipment. We uh, I'm also a rescue diver and we have like, uh, uh, like uh, some are trained to do like wilderness train, wilderness rescue. And we have uh, like some boats around. We have mountain trucks. We have uh, six wheel bikes we have equipment for wildfires it's a it's a lot of different stuff some something is uh, divided in one station and another another station so it's kind of versatile yeah i mean it seems like you guys do everything from from the modus video that i watched i was like oh i want to my kids want to get on that six wheel bicycle like there's no or six wheel atv you had like there's no <laughs> when they saw that they're like how come you don't have one of those and i said because we have more pavement than grass where i work yeah, yeah, yeah. really work uh for anything we need but you guys do you do water rescue with the coast guard mm -hmm. you said and mountain rescue and i guess yeah ice rescue right we do uh all kinds we do uh like diving we do uh, uh we sometimes take with the with the uh coast guard if there's a fire maybe or a rescue on board of a ship or something or uh in the mountains and we have uh yeah i mean everything also in in like bad weathers like we have equipment for that and stuff yeah, yeah it's, it so seems it's like it's, it's it's such a you said in the video too like you have like your landscape is constantly changing right mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that like between ice you mean and the temperature or just in general i know you have volcanoes so i know volcanoes yeah. roadlands and things yeah um, so all we, of that is just you stuff you have to be ready for right mm -hmm. i mean we had we have earthquakes uh like many we often have earthquakes here and, uh, not, in and november, right? not in november right there's no earthquakes in november <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe you'll experience it. If if there's an earth, if there's a lot of earthquakes, usually, uh, it's uh, a precursor to a eruption, like volcano. Cool. I'm I'm going to like I think we're doing like an ice cave volcano excursion. So good to know. Yeah. It's just like an adventure. I knew this was going to be an adventure vacation. I didn't know it was going to be you know the danger yeah. there just keeps rising. I mean, from Omar here. 
there, there was one uh, you met you, re, you remember AF at Layogul? Uh come on, come again? <laughs> AF at Layogul? Yeah. There was uh this volcano uh which erupted 2007 or 8 or something and it just spewed ash all over Europe and it just landed all the flights and everything. Do you remember that? No, no I do not. <laughs> No, okay, okay. You you can you can just Google AF Hitlerjugend if you can read it. No, no. <laughs> okay, I'll get on there right now. I'm typing it as we speak. <laughs> yeah, but the, it it's it's a spewed ass like gases uh, and and uh, all over Europe. Uh, it it kind of looked like uh, Iceland was just farting over Europe. If you look at a video of it, <laughs> just dropping it down on you. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that that could happen like on a ten x scale if uh, if our biggest volcano will erupt which is always erupting once every hundred years or so and now it's a few hours past that so we it could i think it affects like crops and everything all over the world and changes the like weather and climate and everything it's that big of a volcano all from iceland have... i did not know you guys are responsible for all that so now yeah. i know, that, that, I know that, who to blame yeah yeah that that mountain is actually called katla and when I had uh, CrossFit Station, I named it CrossFit Katla. Oh, cool! So, awesome, awesome. I mean, CrossFit in Iceland too. I, I know we're getting to, we're going to get to talk to this, but you know, you yeah, know, yeah. I, champion I breeder CrossFit, male yeah. CrossFitter there for a while. Uh, we're just dropping yeah. out of Iceland like crazy. And I know on your social media, you've at least met the mountain. I don't know if you're you're friendly with him, but I saw some pictures of your yeah, board. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I, it's not very big. I, I. Uh, know Hafthor and his, his friends a little bit and uh I mean Annie and me are, are very old friends um and Katrin as well Katrin was training at my gym as well before she went to Penbergron uh and then you know Birkenkall he's also uh, there's uh, there's so it's many. Not... There's just so many people that come out of Iceland. Yeah, because, you know, yeah. And they're they're. It's a lot like what I took from your video and in talking to you. You know, they're just so they're very good, but they're very humble. You know, I was able to meet Katrin. I worked uh, CrossFit Medical a few times, mm. and I was able to meet her. You know, at one of the contests where where she was at, and just watching, you know, her laser focus and her just humbleness out there. I mean, she was winning, she was crushing it, but she mm -hmm. just remained that stoic kind of. What I now picture is, is a, like an Icelandic trait almost. I may ride on the truck these days, but I still keep my original snagger tool by Modus Fire Rescue on me at all times, just in case those guys on the engine need some help moving the line. The snagger is great for that and many more things. It's also great for used for breaking tempered glass or in a pinch as a spanner wrench. So head over to ModusFireRescue.com and use code THESIZEUP. One word to save yourself 5%. This episode's brought to you by Taylor's Tins. Taylor and his crew at Taylor's Tins have been manufacturing aluminum helmet fronts since 2017. With over 200,000 tins in the market, they are a leader in the helmet front space. Custom design, one-offs to department orders. They can turn them around within 24 to 48 hours. Customer service is what they pride themselves on, and they provide nothing but top-shelf product and service to their customers. Check them out at taylorstins.com and check out their full line of product offering. They've always been a very strong supporter since day one with the National Fire Radio podcast and platform, and Taylor and his crew have become dear friends of ours, and we appreciate the support. And at checkout... For a little extra bonus, use coupon code NFR sent me. That's NFR sent me for a discount on your order. Exclusions do apply. Anyway, check out taylorstins.com for the latest and greatest offerings from Taylor and his crew. And in the words of Taylor, stop burning up leather. Um, yeah, I mean, it's different. It's, it's kind of weird being from Iceland on a global scale because, uh, you don't feel that big in, in the world being from Iceland. It kind of, it, it's both that um, it's, it's a small community, so it's easy to make things happen here. Like, so everybody knows here. So when you go, go out in the world, you really have this uh, small city mindset where I'll just talk to this guy and I'll just do this and this and this. And you can kind of get used to, you can do everything mindset. Yep. So when you go out in the world, it's like, 
you, you don't you don't think it's that much of a hierarchy and you have to go these steps and know everybody you just kind of do it you just you just go ahead so it, it's i don't know it's uh i think i think yeah you have to uh you get crushed uh, you, your ego gets gets crushed very fast in a small community like iceland because if you're all about ego you get all the crit criticism right back uh if you're in a bigger like community like in the states you can probably be more egoistic and not like feel it as much yeah because people you're around chasing you. with everyone else's ego you know that you yeah, yeah. growing and, and growing and growing because everyone else is doing that where when you have less people in a different area you know that that's kind of how it, you create a it's almost like a better person like sometimes you feel like there's yeah. too many people around you yeah it also creates like uh the imposter syndrome where you uh, are shy to uh be big because you get the feedback so fast and you so get the people... opposite end of it you know with that imposter syndrome yeah because you don't yeah you don't want to like make everyone feel like you're you think you're better than them or something because it's your small community i don't know but yeah uh actually the thing with uh my my history and annie's is is a bit her her background is uh she went to boot camp where i started as well when i was uh 26 and boot camp training is is uh before crossfit oh, okay i didn't know if it you meant because i'm like there's no military what boot camp but you mean like a boot camp style of fitness yeah there's there's uh three guys uh one of them was evert who was who owns cross Reykjavik. uh and he and uh two other they started this uh boot camp training and they went to uh the states and did this seal adventure challenge for like uh five day training like, okay yeah, like, we have a with them here yeah like like uh yeah like they do in, in the seal training yep. like a short version i know it was created to uh make a more positive image of it and hopefully attract people that are into this like through adventure challenge and then join the military but they went went on this and they uh, uh started this boot camp in iceland and it was as soon as i heard of it i like oh this is for me <laughs> i went there <laughs> And uh, it totally changed who I am. Uh, and before it, I have I had only ran like uh, three kilometers. That's like two it's miles or something. No, it's oh, two three miles. Oh, less. Sorry, two miles. Sorry. I think it's about two I'm do, miles. I'm doing kilos. I was doing the kilo conversion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, conversion. It's, yeah my bad. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when it's the hardest thing for you and uh, EMT. Uh, like studies oh my god to yeah. learn the millimeters um when i became a paramedic just just kilos alone i'm like 2.2 pounds i have to do math i'm like and then then you're in millimeters and then you're in yeah i'm like the yeah all the drugs are in millimeters that's probably oh, the hardest god. thing it was it was my <laughs> hardest part of paramedic training and then like i had when i would work on the truck i had like every cheat sheet you can imagine like every app on my phone uh, and yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. like looking down at my phone, like, don't mind me. I'm just going to draw up this cardism for you <laughs> and look at this number to make sure it matches. <laughs> yeah, it's... I almost wish I had a picture that was like, fill the syringe this much for this rhythm. Oh, just, yeah, yeah. Because we would, I don't know if you, now we're going to get totally off topic, but if, you know, as so in America, uh, EMTs don't administer drugs as much as paramedics do is an easy way to put it. Mm, yeah, um, okay. so there's a huge difference in, in education and in training. Mm -hmm. um, and the place that I was working as a paramedic, because in New Jersey, I couldn't be a paramedic on the fire truck. Again, totally different story. But mm -hmm. we worked for a hospital and the hospital would constantly be ordering different concentrations of the drugs or different syringes. It was kind of like whichever one they got a better deal on. Mm -hmm. So every time I would go work my per diem job, I would like open the bag and be like, wait, what is this syringe? And yeah, what yeah. is this syringe? And why is this concentration different? Uh -huh. And mine uh -huh. is just not there. I'm like, I need pictures. Yeah. I need like yeah. a chart or something in front of me. Just a fireman. <laughs> yeah, you could you could always uh overdose patients with, with that kind of mix up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd always ask my partner, be like, is this right? Let's go. But anyway, yeah, yeah. so so you did your SEAL yeah. training. <laughs> yeah, so so they they uh had these guys from from SEALFIT come to Iceland and they did like uh uh, three day like mini yeah, like an hell, hell week yeah. hell weekend yeah yep. it's like a hell weekend and um in the i think it was in the yeah the first or second year uh we me and annie were on a boat crew together and i think 
like for me personally, that experience of this hell weekend, it changed uh, like the programming in my mind because uh, it's then that I first uh, like co completely finished everything I had and like I was totally beat, but I could still continue. And like when you get to that mindset where you have nothing left and you you're not able to do anything, but you still follow uh, the orders and and because you're a part of a crew, you can't just stop. Everybody gets punished. Like, uh, it's uh, it's pays to be a winner. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, a huge and... deal. Uh, pays to be a winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They <laughs> always said it, and they always like encourage us to quit, and like it was wet and sandy, and all that, all that stuff. Uh, so we we did that training, and it was um, after after that the weekend. Uh, it kind of I felt I had like um, less limits for myself. It's um, when you push yourself, right? And when you dig deeper, and it's the same thing that we're asked to do in the fire service. We're always asked to dig deeper mm -hmm. and you have to keep pushing yourself to see how much deeper you can dig, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it doesn't, uh, we don't get that many big fires. So it's hard to uh, fish out those who can work like for real. Yeah, I agree. So you don't quit when you're tired. You quit when it's done. <laughs> when it's done, not when you're dead. Yeah. You don't quit yeah, when yeah, you're yeah. tired. You quit when it's done. That's the yeah. better way. I like that one way. That's true. Yeah, but there's a lot of books that uh, I resonate with, although I have not, never gone that extreme. Um, but I recommend everybody just read like David Goggins, Can't Hurt Me, and Never Finished, both of them. Uh, there's also another one by Ross Edgley, um, Art of Resilience. He's, he swam across the British islands. That's I would really read cool. that one. It's crazy. It's it's he's like the uh, anti Gawkins, but he's still as tough because <laughs> he's always smiling. <laughs> and he's he, you have to check out Ross Edgley. It's um, good because so many people know David Goggins, but I don't know who Ross Edgley. Oh, no, you excited to now to to check him yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, I love him. Backstory: uh, uh, Omar Omar has his own podcast about books mm -hmm. and literature however it's in icelandic is your language correct yeah yeah so yeah. unless you got a translator i guess we can't listen. yeah it's i'm gonna try I, it, I mean i could do it in english because <laughs> there's no podcasts uh that i found that are are just two guys interested in uh it, it, he, he's my uh training partner uh it was, it was in the show with me and first it was just we i wanted to start a book club so I, I started like a group called Barbell Book Club and we met up a few times and talked about what we were reading and listening to and everything. And after each meeting, we were so inspired by everything that every everybody else was reading. So when we met again, we, we had all read like different stuff and what the others recommended and yeah. and listened to these and that, that shows and interviews. So I, I, I just uh, thought I, I picked uh, Kolle, my friend, to... Uh, like podcast studio and we recorded like like books that we have read so it, we've done i don't know just about 30 episodes it's just books that if, if you if you're if you're reading books and you can't discuss them you don't you don't catch the value from them but if you read them and and you actually have to talk about them it's like taking an exam in everything you read so it was it's kind of to push myself and him to uh to uh, extract more knowledge from what we're reading. And it's been really fun. And it, it, it kind of, you know, we it, it's fun to know that anyone listens to the show because really I don't care. It's just, uh, it's like uh, if you take an exam in something and, and it's finished, it doesn't really matter what the outcome is and what, what scores you get. But I really want to reach more people because I think, uh, especially us guys, we should, uh, be reading more to uh, try to improve ourselves and nobody's going to improve ourselves except ourselves and if you're not surrounded by people who make you better you need to uh, inspire yourself with like books that others have, have written that talk to you well I think I think too and and you just kind of said it there and you're doing it you're living it you know I think a lot of people are doing that reading end and I think one mm -hmm. of the things we don't do as as men is share things and you said that too in the modus uh mm. documentary they did on you about when you're teaching you know you're actually learning when you're teaching yeah and it's something that i love to do you know we, we recently started our own recruit academy um, i'm an instructor and i get to work at it occasionally but 
I learn from those recruits every time that I teach them. I learn from the guys on my company every time. If I'm the instructor or I'm the student, I'm always mm -hmm. learning. And then I want to share that knowledge. And, and that's really what I think your message is through the MODIS and, and even through this podcast now is take your knowledge, take everything you have, put it out there to the world and share it. And that's something that we are lacking of. And it's something I like to do with the podcast is try to share a little bit about me, share a little bit about you. And now together, I mean, I now have another page of notes of things I have to go read, things I want to go back <laughs> to, but I yeah, want to I, hear that, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I actually considered if I should uh, somewhere share what I'm reading on social media. But like I said before, it's like, uh, it's hard to go over the edge to start like sharing to the world what you're thinking. But that's that's how you learn. You have to push yourself uh, out of your own head um, and help make the world better with what you're reading. Because if it's if it stuck, sticks with me, it should, uh, it should spread out further because that's the purpose of those who are writing the books and everything. They want it to uh, get to as many people as they can. And the other cool part too, because I've been in a few book clubs and I've, I've, I've read a lot and talked to different people though, but you may read something and see it one way. I may read mm -hmm. something and see it another way. And then when we talk about that, we realize we're both right and we learned from each other as something new that you had. True, no yeah, true, about, right? true. Yeah, 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 yeah. And in the fire service, that's the same type of thing. Like, listen, I, I know for a fact you guys put out fires differently than we put out fires here in New Jersey, yeah. Iceland. <laughs> it doesn't mean I'm right and you're wrong. It means you no. do it differently. And I mm -hmm. may be able to take something you do in Iceland and bring it back here to New Jersey and be like, wait till you see what these cats are doing over here. We can do this. And vice yeah. versa. Or mm -hmm. even, an ad and I'm going to mess this word up, but adaptation of it. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be the exact way you do it there, but I can take what we do and, and what you do and kind of merge it and that's mm -hmm. only going to advance things for all of us. Yeah, there's a guy called uh, Lars Axelsson. I think he's Swedish or Norwegian. He calls himself, uh, the, yeah, he's Swedish. The Swedish fire nerd on YouTube. Okay. And he's been, uh, he's been, uh, he went here to uh, lecture us. And we had like these new uh, fire trucks with all this different equipment like Cobra cold cut and like CAPS 1.7 like foam and different kinds of uh, techniques and tools to use. But he said, uh, this is all crap because I bet that 90% of you can't even use the nozzle right. And he's, he's been uh, to the States as well. And uh, he's been studying the way they um, operate there and, and in Europe. And it's been that way for many years in Europe that we have, uh, like we use the, like the white, white uh, like the white way open, like we use the steam fog to cool, pattern. cool fog pattern. Yeah, fog, fog pattern yeah and like shoot shoot in the like gases to cool them down but in the states you use like a uh, straight straight, straight or a straight yeah, stream and, and you straight stream. yeah straight stream and you use a pattern to cool the area which is uh something that like uh in europe it's been like oh you do you don't do that you don't like you we we yeah, should like right. this is how we do it this but way. but it's different but if you use use the uh, like fog pattern, you get more steam and you get more heat to you. If you use the straight stream, you cool the walls more and you and you prevent like <laughs> oh boy, we're gonna if, if, when, when, and everything. When the folks it, start listening to this now. I've turned into a tactics podcast. And no, it's, I, it's I all I going downhill. Just, what you just said. Yeah, just check out Lars Axelsson, the Swedish fire nerd. Definitely, <laughs> I uh, check him out as well. You give me we, all this. It's like homework. It's my first podcast where I've been given so much homework. <laughs> I, I I feel like I haven't said anything yet. So, uh, uh, but um, yeah, there's uh, like more that I I train a little bit here. We have, do you know Flame Trainer? Yeah, I saw, I saw that video. Yep, and I got to see it out at uh, FDIC when I was there this year. I didn't get to interact with it, um, but mm -hmm. I did see folks doing it. So yeah, you should try. Everybody says, "How oh, you can't turn out fire with a computer?" It's a uh, like. You don't fly an airplane if you don't try yeah, a simulator it, first. It, it, it's still, it, it, I mean, it's it's a new way. It's it's an addition. Like yeah. a lot of a lot of uh, experienced fighter firefighters, they say, oh, we we train in heat, but you can't do that anymore as much. It's harder and it's yeah. more expensive. And it takes more time. So this is a very good idea to add to toolbox. 
as a training tool. So I recommend trying it. But, but as an instructor with a uh, flame trainer, I try to uh, implement as many lessons that uh, like I can while he's doing the simulation because it's up to the instructor how good of a training it is. It's not just the tool of the like flame trainer. It's how the instructor uses this technology to provide as much uh, learning opportunities as possible. Because you can add like a lot of uh, relevant techniques and skills and ask him about like uh, boiling liquid explosion or hazmat or dangers in the area or, or why he's using this pattern and that pattern just to get the mind in motion. Like what's the best I way feel, to do? I feel like with that too, you know, it's, it's kind of like with a, with a pilot and a simulator, you know, they simulate a water landing because you can't mm -hmm. land a plane in water to practice. Yeah. 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 Not yeah. A good idea. Like that's no. bad. But it would be the same in in what you're saying for fire training. In my mind, the first thing that I came to was, you know, putting a firefighter in a in a fire where they had fire behind them now, and mm. now they have a handline and they're trapped with fire behind them and they're in a room, mm. and that allows me to play out that scenario. Am I going to try to put that fire out and get back the way I came? Mm. I going to say I'm not putting that fire out and I'm going out the window. Am I going to call a mayday first or am I going to yeah, yeah, yeah. attempt to self-rescue? You know, mm -hmm. I can put you in all those scenarios right there in a very controlled environment that no one is even going to remotely, unless you fell over, you're not going to get hurt, you know, mm -hmm. and you can process that through your head because I think that's something that a lot of people forget is that, you know, you said it way earlier in the podcast about, you know, we have to make decisions rapidly, but not move fast. That's the mm -hmm. same type of scenario. I have to make a decision and then move fast, but it all has to be rapid. And in a flame trainer, I think it's a great tool for the toolbox because you can do that all day long. Just keep repeating it. Yeah. And it's fun. It's always fun. It's like a video but, game. Who doesn't like playing a video game? I mean, it's, it's not yeah. necessarily Call of Duty, but it's kind of like Call of Duty. <laughs> they actually added a, like a computer game in the program, which is like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like shoot these fireballs. <laughs> And so it, the main the main thing with it is is it trains you to use the nozzle without looking at it or thinking what you're doing. That's, yeah, that, that's that's always a plus if you get that training good. With the nozzle. It's just like fitness. You know, the more fitness you can do, the better you're gonna, the healthier you're going to be. The mm -hmm. more fire training you can do, the better fire fighter yeah, it, you're going to be. It's like uh, like like the CrossFit mindset is uh, in CrossFit you are supposed to be able to do everything but you're not going to be the best in anything in in firefighting and just in life in general you shouldn't be able to uh you, you shouldn't go after being the best in something like there's a lot of books that recommend that like the one thing or whatever but it's better to uh there's another book called uh range by uh epstein something uh whereas it's those who are most successful in some area in life usually have like like a lot of different different kinds of experience like totally different experiences and when they find their uh their right path like uh like it could be firefighting then all the different things you've learned like from raising kids having troubles like working out uh technical jobs whatever it just kind of you can you can apply it all in one area and then you become like great at it so uh I think I think with like you said with uh, showing up at the gym and like and taking your diet and doing everything and win the life in, in one day, you're you're bound to fail because it's uh, it's too high of a standard you're trying to set set up set yourself up with. Yeah, so, and you just can't do that. You can't do that in anything in life, whether it's being no. a parent, a firefighter, a podcast host. You know, I, every yeah. podcast that I record, and I'm, I'm I'm thinking you may a little bit be the same way. Like you said, like I don't even think I said anything in this podcast. I'm like, <laughs> did I waste everybody's hour that was listening to me with this? And then you hear positives about it, and you're like, okay, I I didn't do that. You know, everybody was into it, but you're always thinking that, and it's always that challenge. You know, and you talk mm -hmm. a lot about that in the Modus video, you know, you're always looking for that next challenge. And mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, you talk about that balance and yin yang. And I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And I wrote it mm -hmm. down somewhere like you kind of have chaos between your borders of order and chaos, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's yeah. order on one side, there's chaos on the other. Everything mm -hmm. in the middle is just chaos. And I feel like yeah. that's life. It's just chaos. And then it there's is. order in it and there's really crazy chaos. Yeah, it is. It because then I recommend another book is uh, 12 Rules for Life, Jordan Peterson. Yep, you should I know that read one. that. 
and and beyond order as well but uh that philosophy is i mean all all new knowledge in the books and, and wisdom and everything they it's just basic old stuff it's you can read the stoics and it's the lessons that are completely applied today like what uh marcus aurelius was going through in the rome days way back in seneca that's happening today as well and it's we, we don't we, we don't have to uh always look at the newest uh workout strategy or newest supplement or newest uh like way of thinking wherever you can just it's all basic stuff and it's uh it's what our all religion is about as well is be kind be useful uh don't it all seems very simple right we, we uh, seem to I'm... convolute it right and in everything yeah. we do, you know even you and know... the mind the mind likes problem the brain <laughs> loves problems because if you have a lot of problems the brain has a lot to do but really you have to like zoom out a little bit and and, and realize that uh life is always it's it's like in the body it's always going for homeostasis but if you're only like if if you sleep in an oxygen tent like with uh like pure foods all the time your immune system would go crap it has to have like agitation you have to you have to rip the muscle cords for the muscle to grow everything but you just have to watch out that the extremes aren't like like way up and down have some some kind of a balance but it's not a straight line at all no and that, that's what i f am finding as i get older as i age as my boys get older too my boys are a little older than yours i'm at a 13 and 10 mm -hmm. uh, but watching them grow and interact with other people and learn and play sports and uh, sing in mm -hmm. bands and, and be in shows and watching you know there are peaks and then they're extreme lows and then they're like almost homeostasis which you know everybody mm -hmm. tried to get to but we're probably never going to get there but and then we I wouldn't we that, wouldn't feel good there yeah and i compare that to my younger firefighters which i hate to say that like i've been there for 20 years like i look around and i'm the old guy now and, <laughs> and, and they may not be much younger than me but young on the job but yeah, yeah yeah they're highs and lows you know we just we have a recruit class in now uh i was in command at a fire the other day and they came up to help us pack hose. So I spoke to them uh, my last shift just about, you know, what the fire was about. Because I was like, you guys were there and you got there late, but do you have questions? And just taking their questions. And some of them were like this to me and you, the yeah. simplest thing that you're like, wait, you just asked that? But they've never mm -hmm. experienced that. So mm -hmm. I can't be like, oh, hey, dummy, don't ask that question because it was a really good question for them. Yeah, yeah. To explain it to them and their enthusiasm for some of the simplest questions I, I love and I eat that up and that again is that kind of that's chaos you know to me mm -hmm. that's the chaos I want to be involved in I don't want to be in the really far right wing or really far left wing chaos let's call it mm -hmm. I want to be in that nice middle area that I can control yeah because you can learn for both sides if you if you don't even if you never argue with someone uh with uh the opposite opinion you never learn if uh, your opinion is what you truly believe or not, because if you only talk to people who have the same beliefs, you don't, you don't, you don't uh, know if it's your beliefs or something that's just there. You have to, uh, I mean, you have to, uh, you have to learn to uh, um, agree to disagree with something. Yeah, to that's know a great way to say it. Right? Yeah, You're yeah. never going to agree with everyone. You know, we're never going to have the same opinion. No two people will. But once you learn to agree to disagree, God, I have so many good names for this podcast too. You're like, <laughs> here I am thinking we're going to talk about CrossFit and we're going to talk about Iceland and like my, yeah, we could, to like sneak in my trip there. And, you know, we even get to talk about the police and fire games you put on. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's good. crazy. Crazy. I didn't tell you this, but I was at the LA police and fire games. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, um, was I was fun. at the CrossFit event that was there. Uh, I was gonna go do that. It was the first CrossFit event for the games. Yep. But uh, uh, my friend was uh, going to the uh, toughest competitor live, and he was gonna okay. train for that. And I thought, okay, should I do the CrossFit thing, which I know, or train with somebody to because I would have been alone for our department in the CrossFit games. But I thought. If I go to the toughest competitor, I'll have to learn like shot put and 100 meter sprints and uh, rope climbing on hands and everything. Uh, but 
So I, I thought maybe it's it's more fun to uh, prepare for an event with somebody than alone. So I I, I, I would have wanted to do the CrossFit event, definitely. <laughs> it was really cool. That was a cool event. I think the only thing that kind of that, that sucked about it, not to talk bad about things like that, but it was just so spread out. Like there was like stuff everywhere. You know? Yeah, I mean? they, yeah they, they, they didn't have much time to prepare. It was supposed yeah. to be in Canada, of course. Yeah, and they made a switch or something. But it's just crazy when you said you were there. I'm like, I was there. Like this is just a, such a such a big, small world. Yeah, um, are you going to uh, Canada this year? I Vancouver? do not believe so, but anything's always possible, you know. Yeah, uh, it's going to be the states uh, in two years. Yeah, they're coming back this way. I know. I think in 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 between it was I can't even remember because it's hard to keep track. There's just so many. Yeah, I was in in Rotterdam, Rotterdam. Netherlands. Yeah. That was yeah. the one that I wanted to go to. I'm like, I want to go to that one because I want to go to Rotterdam. Yeah, Rotterdam. yeah. Then I went. I was in the uh, Ultimate Firefighter there. It was fun. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Dude, well, as we're getting close to our, our hour time limit that I like to keep <laughs> these things at, and, and this totally went in ways I never thought it was gonna, and it's been an epic conversation. So you're, you're definitely gonna have to come back on, but we're trying to finish these things up with the size up 10. Okay. And the goal is, is to hit 10 questions in about 90 seconds. So it's kind of like quick answers. Um, some <laughs> may be a little longer and take you know as much time as you need to answer them. But the goal is I'm just gonna keep rapid firing these 10 questions and we'll kind of see where it pans out. Sound good? Sounds good. All right, you ready to rock? Yeah. Here we go. Beach or mountains? Mountains. <laughs> night out or night in? Uh, depends on what is. It's not for partying. It's uh, If it's uh, not for like uh, challenge or workout, I'm in. <laughs> but... I mean, I, I, then I would go out, but other otherwise, with a yeah. family and I didn't, yeah. I know this answer. Good book or good movie? Uh, good book. Obviously. Cross-country road trip, who are you taking as your co-pilot? Cross-country road trip. Um, I would take my wife. It would be fun. But, so uh, now you remembered her. <laughs> <laughs> only thing is that uh, we don't have uh, the same taste in music, so I, uh, music is a good fuel for me. But yeah, I would, I would take her. We have that's a common interest, fitness She's and not traveling. She's just the co-pilot. Yeah, we we're, we don't I need know this music. answer. Too. Nice. I guarantee I know this answer. Do you make your bed every day? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's a good speech actually. You read that book and heard the speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One million dollars, or go back to when you were eighteen with a redo. Uh, I don't need to go back to eighteen because uh, I think I would. I would have very much use for $1 million. I don't have that. I don't think I would do better again. I think <laughs> it's awesome. okay right now. Everything's good. Take the money. I, Take did, the money. I, did, I did a lot of screw ups, but I can use 1 million better today than if I was 18, if that would be the question. <laughs> yeah. High, highway or back roads, which ones do you take? Um, is highway or back roads like, like an in... expressway or like a, a back road this is very uh, american i have to change this up for international guests oh, okay, like, okay 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 or like side streets i don't I don't. uh i i usually go the harder way okay so that would be back difficult roads. yeah yeah yeah. back roads for sure highway is super easy uh your bucket list place to visit where do you want to go uh I just actually want to travel more around Iceland because that that's there's so much things to see here and do. I would just take a like backpack trip and road trip and running. I've ran a lot in the country as well. So probably travel Iceland more with nice. with my boys and everything. But if if I would were to uh go somewhere um we me and my wife uh, she was in a, like exchange student for a half year in Italy and we lived there then so uh i think the uh like uh italian way of mind uh, like mindset is healthy for icelanders which are in more extreme more in a hurry more like intense i think i would want to live somewhere not 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 one country specifically somewhere where uh, life is calmer and more like in the now than in iceland where they take naps at three o'clock in the afternoon and everything shuts yeah. down. That was, that was the amazing part of Italy. I'm like, I'm going to lay down now because nothing's open. So I can lay down too. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Yeah. Uh, two more, two more questions. Football or football? 
<laughs> you mean soccer or football? <laughs> oh, so you guys call it soccer too? I guess. No, we don't. We call oh, okay, it. Okay. We yes, call it I football. mean soccer by football or football. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, okay. With the thing with me, I have uh, for me the most valuable resource is time. So I don't watch a lot of sports. Okay. I would rather do something than sit and watch sports. But I watch like uh, national competition in, in so like what you call soccer, but fo football in, in football. Europe. Okay. Yeah. So I, I watch that if it's the big games uh, or my kid playing or something. But otherwise, I don't really watch many sports unless it's, it's just kinda, on. Kind of on that nothing page. To do. It's, I'd rather do yeah. it than watch it. And I just don't have the time. And we don't even talk about time. All right. One more question. We got to keep going with the questions here. Best advice you could give to your younger self? Uh, definitely just uh, have more belief in, in your ideas. Don't doubt yourself so much. And that's something I I, I, I imagine a uh, 20-year-older myself would tell myself today as well. I was thinking just, uh... that as well because it's something <laughs> that I think we all do and we all could be better at. So that... yeah, we just have to accept that, that human. Oh, that's the like, hard part that ego judging you thing. I feel like we should do a podcast, just you and I. I think we could do like like an Iceland, America type, you know, uh, something or another. There, there's something that we can we can connect with. And, I, and that's why I wanted to have you on because when I saw your video, you know, I talked to the guys from Modus and I'm like, this dude is, he's got so much more depth than just this 10 minute video. Um, and I'm so thankful for having you on today, Omar. It's been a great conversation. Yeah, I mean, I'm very thankful for you, you inviting me because, uh, I'm just a guy in Iceland with his kids and, and his work. So if, if somebody wants to listen to me <laughs> and hear that, about every book fun. to read and you're in, like you're there by me. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, man. Well, again, I want to thank you for coming on today. I want to thank our friends at Modus for sponsoring this episode and for introducing us. You know, everybody, I want you to go and check them out at modusfirerescue.com. Also head over to YouTube and check out uh, Modus Fire Rescue there. You could see Omar's amazing video of him uh, like literally swimming. How cold was that water that you jumped into that day? Yeah, it's it's usually it's called art. When we do diving here, it's Arctic diving. It's always uh, like five degrees celsius i don't know what, what it's oh that's a whole seat these guys new new rule with international guests i mean total conversion charts in front of me i think that's five degrees celsius is like probably like 50 ish I, degrees i think i don't know i have no idea but it's cold i, I mean if it's zero degrees it's frozen right okay so that would be 32 for us so you're probably like in the 50s or so whatever the conversion is 50s 60s or so it's cold that's all it comes down to but yeah, you look like I, you jumped in and you had a great time. So, yeah, yeah, I ocean swimming is is uh, very, I, I I love it when I do it because just you're free, you're in the ocean. The ocean doesn't care about you if you drown or not. Doesn't matter. You're alone, and um, it's just you and the elements. You couldn't get more grounded than that. I love it. So amazing. And that is a great way to end. So thank you again for joining us. Thank you to Modus. This is Pip for the Size Up by National Fire Radio, and we will catch you guys next time. National Fire Radio.